I'd like to share with you about a friend of mine. His name is Enoch Charles. Uh, Enoch is an African pastor. He lives in the northwest corner of, uh, of Tanzania. And Enoch went through a life-transforming uh, blessing from God. You see, Enoch was being prepared to inherit the position of village witch doctor in his village in northwest Tanzania. His father and his grandfather before him had had those positions, that position of, of the village witch doctor. Well, God led Enoch on a journey over a, a, a long period of time that began with a restlessness in his own heart over his tribal animistic beliefs. Now, as that restlessness grew, it became clear that Enoch needed to leave his home, his parents' home. He needed to leave a position of influence in his village. He needed to leave the traditional animistic religion that his ancestors had practiced for centuries before. What Enoch didn't realize is as he was continuing on this journey, it was God who was pursuing Enoch. God who was blessing Enoch for a purpose. And when the time came that God captured Enoch and drew him to himself... It launched Enoch on an insatiable quest to know the God of the scriptures and to make him known to everyone that he knew. Soon many others from surrounding villages learned about Enoch and saw a difference in him. And they began to come to him and asked, please, Enoch, share with us about this God that you know that you serve. And Enoch grew to be a pastor of one church, and then he became a pastor over several different churches. And today, as you heard in the video, you heard him that we just watched uh, as he shared about what he's doing. He takes the Bible trainings that I give him on a regular basis. And in fact, in about another week and a half, I'll be there in Tanzania, continuing with the process of training him to study and teach God's word well. And he takes those trainings to hundreds and hundreds of other pastors in his region throughout Northwest Tanzania. Praise God. God is praised by the nations. Enoch is a great example for us of what the psalmist is talking about in Psalm 67. So I invite you to look there. Psalm 67 is, it's a short psalm. It's Really a very simple psalm, but my friends, it has a profound point for us today. It's a bold prayer as we work through this psalm. You'll see it's a, it's a prayer really for all nations, for all the peoples of the earth to praise God. It proposes for us a global perspective not a self-absorbed, myopic viewpoint. We are stretched beyond just our own little world to what God is doing in all the world. It's a prayer that prays, bless me, God, so that all the nations will praise you. Blessing, uh, God's blessing doesn't just stop with me. 
selfishly hoarded for my own purpose. It's, it, it, rather, it, it flows through me to all the peoples of the earth. So follow with me as, as I uh, read from Psalm 67, starting in verse 1. God, be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you will judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. Father, it is our desire that you would speak through your word to us this morning. Father, may we have hearts that are ready and receptive to hear your voice. And may you challenge us to have a global perspective to have a passion that beats alongside of the the psalmist's heart to see that all the nations will praise you. To you be the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The point of the psalm, God blesses us so that all people of the earth will know him and praise him. The, The structure of this psalm my friends, is, is quite straightforward. It begins and ends first with a prayer and then a statement of God's blessing. Embedded in there is the goal of that blessing that we'll be looking at, and then it, it builds in the middle to a, a crescendo where, where the psalmist just bubbles out a desire, a passion that all the nations of the earth will praise God. So I invite you to take your bulletin insert. Uh, you can see right on the, one of the pages of, of the bulletin there, uh, the outline that we're going to be following. You can jot down some notes if you want. There's also some application questions. Uh, you can spend some time in with a small group that you're in or uh, in family discussion, these sorts of things. The first point that we see as we look at the beginning of this psalm is that we pray for God's blessing so that all people will know God. We pray for blessing so that all people will know God in verses 1 and 2. The psalmist starts, God be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. He prays for grace, for blessing, and for God's favor. Now, this, the terminology that he uses the, his, that caused God's face to shine upon us isn't something that we're terribly familiar with, but the people that this psalm was written to, the Israelites, would have been, oh, so familiar with those words because they were the words that God gave to Aaron in Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26, that they were the blessing that Aaron, the high priest, was to pronounce over the people of Israel. Really, the essence of it, when God 
It causes his face to shine upon us. It's God's favor is looking upon us. He delights upon us. He looks at you and he smiles at you when he looks at you. That's what the psalmist starts by praying for. You know, it's a great place for us also to start our prayers. The very first thing that he asks for, God be gracious to us. Asking for grace is an excellent place for us to start in our prayers because really, when we stop and think about it, none of us deserves to come into the presence of God in prayer, do we? Certainly none of us deserves God's lavish blessings upon us, his favor upon us. And so we ask for his grace in our lives. As as we think about this psalm, And this prayer, we also pray for God's blessings in our lives. We pray for God's grace, his favor. We pray for health. We pray for provisions, for finances. We pray for abilities. We pray for God's care. We pray for his direction for us and for our loved ones. The question is, why do we pray for these things? Why do we pray for these things? Usually, admittedly, in my own life, it's because I, I want a more comfortable life. I want my life to go better. I want me and my people to be happy, to have a, a rich life. But as we read through this psalm, we see that the psalmist had very, very different motives at heart when he asked for blessing. We get this in verse 2. In my translation, the New American Standard Bible, there's an important word there at the beginning of verse 2. It says that or so that. It leads into the purpose for asking for blessings. So that, he says, your ways may be known on the earth, your salvation among all the nations. God's ways, God's salvation the psalmist's praise will be known globally. In Hebrew poetry, this psalm is, you may be familiar with, oftentimes there are two statements back to back that are very, very similar in meaning. Maybe one just clarifies or goes a bit deeper than the other. So in this case, the psalmist is praying that all people will know God, specifically that all people will experience God's salvation. That's his heart, his passion in this psalm. Salvation was never just for the nation of Israel. Salvation was for Israel as a means to salvation for all the nations. And God offers, he invites people into his kingdom from every tongue and tribe and nation. The folks of this psalm, and you really can't miss it as you go through it, over and over is on large groups more than individuals. Eleven times in our psalm, there are phrases used for groups of people. He says, the earth, all the nations, all the peoples, all the ends of the earth. These nations that he talks about aren't just geopolitical regions, but instead They are, as it says in Revelation, every tongue 
every tribe, every nation, every people group on the earth. They're references to the inclusion of all the Gentile nations of the earth, all the people groups of the earth into the kingdom of God. Now, this is the message of Psalm 67, but I'll just take just a heartbeat here to uh, step back and share with you that this is not only the message of Psalm 67, but it's a message that, that spans from Genesis chapter 1 all the way through the Bible, through the book of Revelation. In fact, if you take your, your bulletin, your uh, program here, and you look at the back page, uh, or it's some sort of back. It says on, on the top there, biblical overview of God's heart for the nations. You can work your way in your own study through a number of Bible passages there spanning, and they're just, just a few of the pillars among which is Psalm 67 in the great architecture of God's heartbeat for the nations. And if you want to go a bit deeper into saying, is Eric really, does he know what he's talking about anyways? I encourage you to walk your way through these passages and see if it's true that God's heartbeat is for all the peoples of the earth to praise him. Well, we move on in our psalm to verses 3 through 5, and we see that the psalmist now turns our attention as we long for God to be praised, for he is worthy. We long for God to be praised, for he is worthy. The intense longing of the psalmist in these verses just bubbles out repeatedly, as we really can't miss the fact that the the psalmist is just crazy for seeing God worshipped by all the peoples. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. He says it over and over in these verses. And I wonder, do you and I share in his passion for the nations, for people outside of Prescott and Prescott Valley and to the ends of the earth? Do we share in his heartbeat? Clearly, this is what mattered most to the psalmist. In verse 4, he just cries out, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Sort of the climax, the apex of the psalm. And why will they be glad? Why will they sing for joy? It says right there, for you will judge the nations with uprightness you, and you guide the nations on the earth. It's because of what God is doing. It's because of what God will do. Even as God is judging, he is guiding the nations with wisdom, with righteousness, with benevolence. It's the idea of that word uprightness that's there. We know that this will continue on into the future. And so there is gladness. There is singing by all the peoples. This is praise that flows from our present experience as well as faith in God's future work. Now, I want to take a, just a brief parenthesis and and mention that there is a difference, you're probably aware, between thanksgiving and praise. We thank God for the blessings that he gives us in our life. 
but we move beyond thanks to praise when we shift beyond the blessings that we receive to the giver of those blessings. When we focus on the qualities, the character, the attributes of God, his ways are right, the psalm says. He is our savior. He judges with uprightness. He perfectly guides the nations. And so we praise him. My friends, I hope that in your prayers, what bubbles out, overflows from your heart, is thanksgiving for God's blessings and also praise as you focus on who is the giver of every good gift. We move on in the psalm to our final verses. Verses 6 through 7 turn our attention and we see we are blessed so that all the people of the earth will fear God. We are blessed so that all the people of the earth will fear God. Here we have a very similar concept that's shared from verses 1 and 2. There it was a prayer for God's blessing. Here it is a fact of God's blessing. We see the earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us. God blesses us and all the people causing the earth to yield its produce. Now, for any Israelite living in an agrarian society, the fact that the earth yields its produce means that they have life. They have food today. And it is one concrete example of how God's, God blesses and it leads us to consider our far greater blessings, our spiritual blessings in Jesus Christ. We read in James 1.17, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Every good gift, every spiritual blessing in your life, every physical blessing in your life is a gift from our Heavenly Father. And we praise Him, we thank Him for it. The result that we read about in verse 2, and then again in verse 7, The result is that God's ways, God's salvation, that the fear of God may spread globally. God blesses us, for example, in providing food, the earth yielding its produce. And this blessing is actually in the psalmist's mind and in God's heart and hopefully in our hearts, so that, with the purpose that, All people will fear him, the psalm says. Now, this fear, just to clarify, isn't a a terror like when you watch a scary movie and you jump because you're startled. This fear is rather an elevating of God, a, a lifting him on high, exalting the name of the Lord God Almighty as we express our trust, our faith in him. That leads us to praise him. 
So this is Psalm 67. But as I was thinking about this psalm, as I was working through it and studying it, a thought kept coming back into my mind over and over. How on earth could God blessing me possibly result in large groups of people praising God and believing in him. How could this possibly happen? Seems like a, 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 a big leap. And so I want to draw to your attention just two specific ways. First is that God can work independently to spread his praise. God can work independently to spread his ways. He did this through the nation of Israel. He did mighty works over and over in Israel. And all the surrounding nations looked in and watched what God was doing in Israel. And what did they do? They stood back in reverence and awe and said, The God of Israel is the most powerful God. And they praised him. This is what we read in Psalm 77, verse 14. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your strength among the peoples. But most times, there's a second way that God chooses to use us to spread his praise. He can do this independently, But most times he uses us in some sort of way. When we are blessed by God, we, my friends, just can't keep quiet about it. We've got to spread the news about how God has blessed us. We naturally share with others about God's activity in our life. I think about one example of a of another dear friend of mine close to home here because Pastor Grayson Badatu, you heard him speak in the video. Pastor Grayson uh, went through an amazing journey as he spent decades in debilitating joint pain and deterioration in his hip following an injury. He's living in Gongolaboto. Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and he has no hope of relief. He can barely walk. And God works to bring blessing into his life in many different ways through different people. Uh, Like my friend Steve Reed sitting right down here, God connects him with people and Grayson is brought to Prescott, Arizona, and he is connected with Dr. Copper, who performs this this surgery, giving Grayson a brand new hip. And for the first time in decades, he is freed from that debilitating pain and suffering. And he is able to walk. And in fact, I just heard from him last week that he's going for runs. That's something that he was never able to do before. And the news spreads through Prescott, through different uh, uh, connections. And there's a, there's a newspaper article that's written. And people are praising God because of the blessings that God has brought in Grayson's life. Amen? Amen. It's a great example of, of what we're talking about in this psalm. Psalm 145 is, is another psalm that uh, 
We don't have time to look at it at length, but uh, I'll just read a few verses for you. It's a psalm written by David, and David clearly can't keep quiet about God's blessings in his life. He says in verse, starting with verse four, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Friends, this is a great place to start in praising God to the nation. Start with one generation to another. Parents, share about God's blessing with your children. Grandparents, pass on to subsequent generations about God's blessing in your life. The psalm goes on. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works, I will meditate. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The psalm goes on in, in uh, verse 11. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. And David ends his psalm. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Now, maybe as you're thinking about this, you think, ah, Eric, come on now. I'm just one small person. What can I possibly do to lead people groups to praise God? Well, my friends, I've got some awesome news for you. It's true. You're just one small person. I'm just one small person. It's not up to us to affect global change. If we long for this, our heart beats alongside the psalmist here, and we're willing to do what we can to be used by God, he is the one that will accomplish his awesome purposes to see that the nations bring him honor and praise and glory. He will do this and he will use us, whether it's for large scale change or small scale change. He will bring about the nations honoring him. And we can think about many examples in the Bible. Mary, a humble young girl who is blessed by God and becomes a very significant part of God's redemptive plan. You think in the Old Testament about Esther, who was just a simple girl blessed by God, put into a place, and she acted faithfully, and the nation of Israel was saved. Joseph is another great example, and you can go through the Bible again and again, and it almost seems as if it's God's method to use very ordinary people to accomplish his extraordinary purposes. Why is this? Well, you know why. It's because God needs to be our focus. Not you, not me. God needs to be our focus. He is the one that needs to receive all praise. I'd like to share with you a a few other examples of some ordinary people uh, who are all wrapped up in seeing the nation's praise God. You've just heard about the Zambia team. People from this own church here, who I think that they would probably admit they're ordinary, normal people. 
And yet they long to see the people of Zambia praise God. And so they are working hard. They've got the garage sale coming up and, and different sorts of efforts. And then they are taking off to pour themselves into the people of Zambia that these people will praise God. Amen? Amen. Maybe some of you are familiar with uh, our story, the journey that God has us on. Out of a, a, a passion, a longing, a desire to see all the peoples praise God, God moved us out of the pastorate in, uh, in California. I loved pastoring in, in California, but he moved us after a dozen years out of that and moved us to Tanzania, East Africa. It, uh, we, we began working at training pastors, teaching them to study and obey and to, to teach God's word well. And we were planning to be there long term. But after three years, God said, I've got some other plans for you guys. And he moved us and our family uh, back to America. And I still continue to train pastors. As you heard, I, I, uh, I'm going to be in uh, East Africa in just a week and a half, continuing to train a group from Tanzania there. Um, but now we're based in Olympia, Washington, and we realize that the location for where we live is really not so significant. But what is significant is that we are being used by God to see that the nations praise God. God continues to bless my family as, as he's healing them up from our, our time in Africa. And he continues to give us opportunity to preach. I was just in Rwanda in a small church up in North Rwanda, a remote rural area, just last month, preaching to, to a group of about 100 folks in this little teeny church. We're stomping around and, and praising God, blessing God, and there was so much dust coming up from the, the dirt floor, you could hardly see the people in the church. And I began preaching through the book of Romans. And God's spirit worked. And, and as I got up to Romans 12, calling people to not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, God's spirit said, you better call these people to follow me. And so I did that. And I extended an invitation. And, and literally about 50 people from that church, about half the church stood up to their feet, came forward and said, Pastor Eric, for the first time in our lives, we want to follow Jesus. We don't want to be conformed to this world any longer. We want to be transformed and follow Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. God is being glorified by the nations. I'd like to share with you one final example. We have a great privilege and blessing this morning. A, uh, a dear friend of mine, Charles Magumba, is with us this morning. Charles, if you could just stand to your feet. Let, let, yeah, you can see him up there, but here he is in, in person. Charles has come all the way from the town of Iganga in uh, eastern Uganda, and he is uh, with us today, and I want to share just for a moment with you about his story, and then I, I hope that you will spend some time after the service. He's going to be with me out in, in the gathering area back here, and you'll get a chance to talk with him personally there. Charles 
was a, uh, had a very successful job with FIDA, a Finnish humanitarian organization uh, that uh, was doing a good work in Uganda. And he was making really a, a good salary. He was, had a vehicle. He had a very comfortable life, him and his, his wife and, and their kids had a very comfortable life. But as God began to bless him and, and challenge Charles in his heart, Charles realized that he needed to leave these things. And he moved uh, his family to Iganga and is now working at planting a church in this region among people that desperately need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Charles, in fact, sold his vehicle in order so that he could, he could buy many, many Christian books and has put these Christian books in many churches throughout his area so that they can have Christian literature to read and grow deeper in their understanding and, and praising of God. He, in fact, is also invested and is working and growing, uh, developing a, a radio equipment and a radio station so that people in his region of Iganga, for the first time, instead of only being able to listen to secular and Muslim radio, will be able to hear Christian teaching, the word of God being preached. And Charles is a great example uh, for us all of one who has been blessed by God and is now channeling those blessings so that the nations will praise and honor God. Amen? Amen. God's desire is clear, my friends, from this psalm. We can't miss it, that all the peoples of the earth will praise him. We want to join in with the psalmist in sharing God's heart for the nations. And so we need to ask ourselves, what will I do in my, as it says in Acts 1-8, my Jerusalem, right here, the people that live right around me, and in my Judea, surrounding areas, my Samaria, those maybe of a different ethnic background or some other, uh, there's some other uh, difference between us, my Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, what will I do among these people to see that they grow in praising God. Who has God brought in your life that through you, they can grow in praising God? I hope and I pray that the very thing that so impassioned the psalmist will likewise fill our hearts. God blesses us so that All the people will know him and will praise him. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, this is our passion. This is not just the psalmist that was writing this, but we see that this is throughout the scriptures. This is your heartbeat that people from every tongue and tribe and nation will worship you, will sing your praises, for you are good and worthy of all glory and honor. Father, we thank you so very much for the work that you have done through Jesus Christ, for without him there is no way that we could praise you. 
But because of him, we have a purpose. We have a calling in our life to be used by you, to praise you ourselves and to lead the nations to praise you. So, Father, use us as you will. Take, mold, shape us, put us in different places. Anoint the Zambia team as they go out to that distant land. And for each one of us, wherever it might be, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.